and welcome to our spooky season bonus episode on We Ship It. Yep, since it's October, we wanted to do a little bonus episode with a fun theme. So today we have brought on Antoinette as our awesome guest to discuss our favorite spooky romances. Who will take the prize as our top spooky couple of 2020? Listen to find out. Hi everyone, I'm Devin. And I'm Steph. And welcome to our fun, bonus, spooky season episode. As you know, we usually pick one couple to dissect and analyze per episode, but today we have invited a fun guest and we are going to be listing our top six spooky romances of all time. And then we will battle it out to see whose pick is the spookiest. Indeed. So thank you so much for joining us, Antoinette. And thank you everyone Mm -hmm. who is listening. I'm super excited to introduce our special spooky guest. So our special spooky guest, Antoinette Sia Lopes. So um, she just basically is an amazing mom, a wife, and an avid horror fan. So this is why <laughs> I chose Antoinette because we were thinking of who do we invite on to talk about spooky couples? It's October. We want to be like festive. And I was thinking of her awesome blog and I was like, it needs to be Antoinette. So she also <laughs> runs a blog, an amazing blog that you should all follow um, at AntoinetteCLopes.com. So we'll put that at the end um, so you can find that. And it's about everyday happenings, but it's really cool. It's all about music and just good living. And also there's a bunch of stuff about horror in there too. So you go, Antoinette. Um, But yeah, so thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yay! (laughs) Love it. Thank you for joining. So before we hop into our battle royale, let's talk about our picks. Um, We each came today with two of our favorite gothic or scary story couples, And mine (laughs) are Casper and Kat from Casper. And of course, Jack and Sally from The Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm not laughing at you. I know you're not laughing at me. We'll talk about this later. But And Steph, who did you pick? So I picked Jane and Rochester from Jane Eyre, which I know you can all roll your eyes because we already (laughs) did an episode on them. But they're one of my favorite spooky couples. If you think about his crazy wife in the attic and the Mm. ghost story and all that. And then secondly, I wanted to pick... Another amazing couple, Christine Daae and Raul from The Phantom of the Opera. Now, the other thing is that The Phantom's kind of in there sometimes, too. So that's a little love triangle we're going to talk about. Um, But passing it on to Antoinette, who are you going to be adding to our list? I feel like my picks are so much more like horror based you're our real you're the real <laughs> <Hey>. person <laughs> you're bringing in that perspective <laughs> oh great so i'm picking um jack and wendy torrance from the shining um kubrick's film not king's novel so i do want to make that <laughs> clear um and then i'm also going to be talking about rosemary and guy woodhouse from rosemary's baby and that's the thing we have the true horror fan that's in the house very, so it's very honest <laughs> judge all you want now let's get into it Devin. let's, let's start with our question love it and with that we are off let's start with our first question so 
Number one, why did you choose these two spooky couples? <laughs> Antoinette, go for it. All right. Well, I decided to choose Jack and Wendy and Rosemary and Guy because they are two couples from two very classic horror films. Um, and, you know, they're great horror films, films that are studied and analyzed. And something that I always found interesting about these two women is that they, they are final girls, but they wind up being very victorious at the end. Um, you know, Wendy escapes her murderous husband with her child. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosemary does recognize her role as Satan's mother now. Like, I guess, <laughs> um, so that's very creepy. But she does wind up being victorious over her husband and she tells, you know, she spits in his face at the end. And I just think that they're like two very powerhouse women, even though they are like terrified and very mm-hmm. fragile throughout the films, they wind up being victorious. And I just, I love that. And that's why I chose those. That's great. See, that's perfect. Now, as far as why I chose the couples I chose, we have Jane and Rochester. Jane Eyre is obviously one of my favorite books. I talk about it way too much. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's one of my favorite books to read in October, apart from like Frankenstein and all those classics. Classics. Um, But I just think with Jane Eyre, there's such a mystery to the whole novel. And Rochester is like the perfect character to dislike at first. Um, But when you realize he's got this whole beast within and like all that classic stuff of just being a troubled man trying to be good and Jane is sort of like his light but only sort of like she's also kind of a dark character in herself I just think it's such a beautiful tale of like mystery and romance and I don't know it's just so full of like the gothic and the sublime and it's it's just got so much going for it and it's also kind of creepy at points Um, as far as Christine and Raul or the Phantom. <laughs> um, it's just, it's such a guilty pleasure of mine, of course, but <clears throat> you know, the music has something to do with that. However, it's not to be so, guilty, it's just a regular pleasure. Yeah, just a regular pleasure. <laughs> now, it's so dang sexy. That's why I love it. But my thing is, who does she belong with, right? I would say ultimately Raul, but the Phantom is hot too, dude. Um, but no, he's so misunderstood and that's, you know, wrapped into their little moments together. It, it just kills me ultimately and I get so wrapped up. They're like the quintessential gothic lovers. You know, we have Christine, this pure person, and then we have the Phantom, who's like sort of the demonic desire, if you want to call it that. And then Raul, who's like the knight, who like saves her from all that. It's very, it's very fun. Devin, what about you? Yeah, they were definitely up for debate for me as well. I had a list and I was like, I really want to talk about them. Yeah. And then you said that you want to talk about them. And I was like, fine, it's you can fault. have them. I'll take them off my list, um, which is fine. No, it was great. Um, so I chose these two for two separate reasons. Um, Casper was one of my all-time favorite Halloween movies when I was younger. Um, when this time of year rolled around, I would always be waiting for this movie to be streamed on TV. Mm-hmm. Um so as some of you may know, I'm not necessarily the horror flick kind of guy. <laughs> so Casper definitely fits my bill. Um, I'm not <laughs> someone that like watches The Purge or like... Um, you should know, watch like, it though, Devin. Uh, like any of those horror movies. I'm just not that type of person. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kudos to you for enjoying that, but that's just not my cup of tea. Um, so Casper, the friendly ghost, obviously fits into my... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it fits into my pocket. Um, so, and I chose The Nightmare Before Christmas as it is a fan favorite. This movie has a huge following and an instant cult classic, and for good reason. The songs and the storytelling are quite beautiful. I still remember watching this film with friends at college 
and we're all crowding around a laptop while we're sipping coffee and tea. And it's honestly just like a modern day Halloween and Christmas classic. Mm-hmm. It really is. I find it really interesting that both of you chose a musical. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, judge us all the way. But no, so no, Devin. I think that that's, I think it's really intelligent that you guys went beyond, you know, just film or, you know, I guess, you know, like, um, narrative right so mm. i was just i was surprised i'm like wait a minute she did the fan of death which is actually my favorite musical by the way there Ooh, you go nice, well there nice are choice. definitely dramatic elements of of things that are added when you're adding music like that and i think it adds to that sort of dramatic gothic sense of things that's why right. i love phantom well, that's, so much that's what's really cool about horror movies in general is that the music plays a huge role in setting mm-hmm. the scene um yeah. like we hear i forget that one uh what, what's the one flick I don't remember, but like you hear the spooky music in the background. You're like, I know what the movie that is. Even though like I've never watched it before. I know that movie, like even with Jaws, like Donna, Donna, like it, it takes you to that scene in the movie. Like it's crazy. So music is huge. Mm-hmm. But moving on to question mm-hmm. two. So what is it about each of the couples you chose that are good or bad in terms of a relationship i'll start off um so what i love about casper and kat is that we as viewers really get to see this relationship develop they go from complete strangers to these cute heart throbs um, in the course of the film and they learn to conquer fears and encourage each other to follow their dreams they are outcasts in their own realms and they find each other by befriending each other um, the only downside is that we as viewers know it won't last as Casper isn't really exactly alive. So that's probably a downfall <laughs> for sure. Um, Jack and Sally, while their relationship might not be truly fleshed out as some might like, they are a Halloween power couple. They balance each other out and support each other through their wildest dreams or struggles. Jack is the impulsive dreamer while Sally is the sensible realist. They center each other. Um, in addition, Sally also supports Jack and his eccentric ideas, even when she doesn't agree with him. Um, she loves him even at his worst or when he fails. However, in Jack's rediscovery of himself, he loses himself and neglects the care of Sally, who just wants him to notice her. Sally's love could, on- could also verge on the side of obsessive as she falls in love with a famous person who barely knows she exists. So... <laughs> Uh, there's like a little bit of a struggle there with uh, me acknowledging their relationship as wholesome and good. Um, but in the end, they are simply meant to be as the song goes. There you go. <laughs> Antoinette, what about you? Okay. So I, in this reflection, I also realized that my couples are, <laughs> neither of them actually stay together. Which is fine. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, and you know, the question about what is, in these relationships that are good or bad, it's mm-hmm. really hard to say that there's any good in either of these relationships. But mm-hmm. I had to think about this. And what I think is really good about Rosemary and Guy's relationship is it's actually just about Rosemary. I think Rosemary has a undying trust in her husband. You know, up until um, up until their friend gives her the book about witchcraft and she figures out, you know, what's really going on in the apartment building, mm-hmm. she trusts her husband completely even so much so that she kind of, she's upset, but she even brushes off the fact that he, well, really Satan, um, slept with her while she was like 
knocked out. So, you know, I guess that's a good aspect. Um, in regards to Wendy and Jack, Jack is really willing to do anything for his family. I mean, he definitely has his downsides. You know, he pulled his son's shoulder out of his, uh, out of place when he was younger. But, you know, the fact that Jack is willing to go to the secluded hotel just to make ends meet over the winter, he is a hardworking family man. Um, mm -hmm. In regards to what's bad about their relationships, well, again, um, Guy allows Satan to rape his wife to further his acting career. So you don't get, you really don't get any worse than that. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a real mood killer. And Jack winds up trying to kill his, his, um, sorry, his wife and his child. So, you know, everything really goes sour for these couples about halfway yeah. through each film. So, you know, hey, you know what? <laughs> that's the whole point of these like flicks is like, kind of questioning the motives behind all these people right but absolutely so as far as what's good and bad about my couples i would say jane Eyre. obviously the two of them are flipping passionate no doubt but they're also weird um i think like they end up respecting each other throughout the tale but there are moments that they just don't respect each other at all obviously <laughs> like rochester does not let her know that his crazy wife is upstairs. So like mm -hmm. that I hate. Um, and, you know, I don't, sometimes he doesn't really treat Jane with the respect she deserves. He kind of teases her, but you know, it's a little weird, but ultimately like there's never been such a deep and passionate love in a Gothic story. As far as I know, a lot of the times the Gothic tales are about these like women who are swooning and like the horrific monster is just like taking them over, possessing them. But I think in this tale, the two of them really grow together, which is something strong. Um, Christine and Raul are so cute, okay? They've gone through some shit, obviously, but Raul hangs out. Um, even though she's kind of like full on damsel and distressing in certain moments um, because she just walks into Phantom's traps. So there's a part of me that for some moments really ships Christina and the Phantom, even though it's a <laughs> little bit not supposed to be that way, um, but like not for long. As far as like Raul goes, I pretty much ship them the whole time. And it just, I don't know. He's a great guy. He's like the classic knight in shining armor. And, you know, Christine can be kind of dumb sometimes, but we, we <laughs> love her and she's kind and gentle. And that purity really contrasts the evil of the phantom. No, and I it, agree. It, it allows Raul to come out as this really courageous, like lover almost. And I love that. I think it's a great, a great little moment that they add to the phantom, especially at the end when they're like, well, I'm going to talk about this later, but when, when he saves her from the <laughs> phantom. Oh my gosh. I was too excited. Um, but yeah. Hold your horses, Steph. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to move forward. So what are your favorite and least favorite moments among your couples? I, I guess I'll go first. Go ahead. Um, so my favorite moment of Guy and Rosemary's relationship, and again, it's my favorite moment of the film and it's not a good moment but it's <laughs> and where she spits in his face i know yes. i talked about that previously but she finally has ownership of herself and throughout her entire pregnancy she had no autonomy over anything that was going on and at that point she regains herself and she recognizes even though she's completely horrified that she gave birth to the spawn of satan she recognizes <laughs> her mother and she takes charge right it's that that taking charge of motherhood and she has that and i loved that moment of power for her 
Um, my least favorite moment is probably the scene where, you know, the cult is standing around and Satan and her are about to conceive the child. Mm. And I hate that part because you see how willing her husband is to allow that to happen. There really doesn't seem to be any hesitation there. And that is, you know, obviously he doesn't love her. Right. Um, my favorite moment between Jack and Wendy, again, not a very good moment. There's two of them. <laughs> um, when she's swinging the baseball bat and he's kind of, yeah. part, you know, he's going up the stairs, kind of coaxing her, telling her that he's going to bash her brains in. And then obviously the famous scene with him, you know, taking the ax and chopping the door down. Um, great. What a hero. Right. Like these are wonderful, horrifying scenes. <laughs> <laughs> In regards to my least favorite moment of their relationship, it's honestly something about the, have, you remember the, that scene in The Shining where she makes him breakfast and she like <laughs> brings it down the corridor and he's like eating the eggs with the bacon obnoxiously. I don't know why, but this scene upsets me. <laughs> that is <laughs> wonderful. Like, you know, it's his job. That's awesome. Her. And he's like sleeping in and she's making a breakfast. And I'm saying, dude, you're supposed to be at work right now. Why is your wife putting this? It's a scene that just like pisses me off. <laughs> Love that. There you go. Well, huh. I mean, Jane in Rochester, I have, like I said this before, everyone hates when she finds his wife in the attic. Like, what are you supposed to do with that crap? Um, but the scene just before that, when he asks her to marry him in the garden and it's in the moonlight, it's like so beautiful and spooky and like yeah. weird, but also touching because they're like super physical and like just they, I don't know, they're just drawn together by something. And it's just, it's such a good moment. Um, of course, then she finds out that he's got all these secrets and that's not great. Um, but that's one of those moments that I was like, damn, I love it. It's burned in my memory. And then as far as Phantom goes, I don't like when Christine is in the Phantom's lair at first because I think it's pretty weird. Um, <laughs> the Phantom is kind of symbolic of giving into lust entirely. Um, and when mm-hmm. she's down there at first, it kind of seems like maybe she's going to lose herself in that. And then there's that whole weird scene in the movie, which I'm not actually sure if this is in the Broadway show because I've not seen it. So you can both look at me. Um, but... When she sees, like, he's he has all these, like, obsessive things about her. And then there's, like, a full-on, like, doll that's, like, life-size of Christine. Weird stuff. I don't like that scene. Um, but I love <laughs> the ending scene when the Phantom lets her go because she kisses him. And she, like, frees him from, like, this all this pent-up whatever, anger, if you want to call it that. Um, and then Raoul saves her. And it's sort of the battle of dark versus light. And it's like the battle, not only that, but a battle of a man who was like full of only darkness, recognizing that he can change and he can make a good choice for once in his life to let her go. It was like such a moment. And, you know, Christine is not afraid in that moment. It's just like a beautiful scene that shows the power of forgiveness and the bravery of love. And that's what I love about Phantom. But there's a lot that I love about Phantom. Right. What about you, Devin, if you want to throw in your two cents? So I have plenty of favorites for this couple, but I'll try to give a quick list. Um, When Casper gives Kat a peck on the cheek while she sleeps or about when, um, when he takes her flying in the night sky or can I not bring up the, can I keep you? And his one wish is to spend the, um, the night human with her at her Halloween bash to dance with her or the fact that, um, the noble Casper gives up his one chance at being human forever to 
give Kat her father back. He's such a selfless <laughs> and it's a self-sacrifice moment for him. And listen, I don't care what you say. Casper's a boss. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to fight it out. I'm telling um, you. So one of my least favorite moments is when he does, I'll have to bring up the kiss again um, on the cheek. And as it is a sad moment for him as well, because it reminds Casper that he's no longer human and will never experience a real love again. So it's a, it's like a good moment, but it's also like a sad moment at the same time. Um, for Jack and Sally, I'll keep it kind of simple. One of my favorite all-time moments is when Jack is giving his lament in the graveyard and he's pouring his heart out about wanting more in life and Sally is secretly listening in and feeling for this dude and she relates to him on a deeper level. It's just so sweet, even if he doesn't know that she's listening in. <laughs> One of my least favorite moments is when Sally is giving her own lament and doubts that Jack will ever love her the way that she loves him. She says, and quote, and will he ever see how much he means to me? End mm. quote. And it's just so sad to see this poor girl yearn for this unrequited love. Um, luckily, it works out for her because the whole time I'm like, um... Can't anyone see that this poor girl needs help and is treated poorly by her <laughs> maker? Like she, <laughs> she uh. has to like put him to sleep in order to escape and be herself. So I love it. Um, I feel for her. I'm glad that you feel for her, Devin. Okay, <laughs> next question. Yes, absolutely. What spooky characteristics do they have, and does it play into their romance? Yeah. No, I think for guy and. Uh, Rosemary, definitely, because he has the facade of a doting husband who's mm. taking care of his pregnant wife, but really he's making sure that the child who she is growing, you know, will be good enough to present to the satanic cult. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, you know, when he, you know that he goes and he talks to the neighbors and all of a sudden he comes home and I'm pretty sure that's when they make the deal, but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Right he immediately comes in and finally he says to her, I really want to make a baby. And she starts crying. She's so excited. You know, all this woman wants is a child. And you know, that should be like a romantic tender moment, but instead it's, it's actually a very dark moment. And yeah, I, creepy. this dark moment does play into the fake romance that's going on, which is very sad. Um, in regard to Wendy and Jack, there's not, they don't really have a romance. They're, they are married and they're living here. So, but, you know, marriage is inherently romantic in that way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's no intimate scenes between them or, you know, anything like that. And I think that kind of says a lot about their romance, you know, that lack thereof. And a lot of it is because he's kind of possessed, mm -hmm. right? Go there crazy. <laughs> I mean, weird, but it's the spirits and the, you know, the Overlook Hotel itself and just the overall, you know, ambiance of, the entire setting that drives him crazy and eventually, you know, causes the demise of their relationship. Right. So I definitely think that um, Guy and Rosemary have a spookier aspect to their, their love because it is, it's only rooted in the satanic cult. It's only, mm -hmm. and that in my opinion is kind of scary. So <laughs> definitely Devin, what about you? So, I mean, Casper's a ghost, so there's, <laughs> there's that. There's your <laughs> <laughs> Also, Kat's father is um, like a ghost specialist. I apologize for not knowing the official terminology there, but he's a ghost <laughs> specialist. Um, so that's unusual. Um, they are perpetually 
not meant to happen as they are from two different realms, the living and the dead. And yet they do get a moment to be together of sorts. So there's that. Um, Jack is the pumpkin king and the all knowing one when it comes to all things Halloween. Um, even the mayor in the, of the town relies heavily on Jack to make their Halloween celebration happen. And Sally is a creation of Dr. Dr. Ficklestein. I think it's Stein, Steen. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, she's kind of like a female version of Frankenstein, except that she's stuffed with hay and made <laughs> out of cloth instead of human organs and skin. Um, I don't think their spooky nature plays into their relationship much, although I could be wrong, but they are kind of immortal. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is also cool. Well, so as far as like Jane Eyre goes, I think that this tale is more about like uncovering Sorry. darkness. That's fine, Devin. Um, but what I love about Rochester and Jane is kind of their ability to forgive after the ridiculousness. And they go through some tough kind of spooky stuff. I mean, the whole time Jane thinks she's being haunted by a ghost. and But she never wavers for her love for Rochester until, you know, everything is uncovered. So I think that it sort of plays into that gothic theme to begin with until all the gothic darkness is fading away when she recognizes the reality of what's going on. Um, it's sort of like a Northanger Abbey ending. Like the whole time in Northanger Abbey, Catherine is like, she makes up all this stuff in her head and it's super spooky. And like, there's so much mystique to everything going on. And then when she finds out what love is really about and how the imagination can really like destroy something that's rooted in reality and true, um, it, the nature of that relationship changes. So that's what I see here in Jane Eyre as well. Um, but yeah, that's that. And then with Phantom, as for Christine and Raul, I think the spookiest thing is literally Phantom uh, and how he messes with everyone. Um, and also for a moment, kind of Christine being tempted to join him and kind of lose her mind with him. I think it, it sort of seems like a bit of a possession moment, but she's not being literally possessed, but she's being possessed by like him kind of coaxing her in there. Um, but so there are many um, thematic moments that are, they sort of play on dark and light, especially in like the movie and all of that. And I think, you know, that kind of talks about, it kind of like is symbolic of how anyone, even the purest voice can lose themselves when they're under enough pressure. And at one point, like, you know, they thought evil trances, but she wasn't possessed. She was just like possessed by the phantom and his... I don't know, his sexiness. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, Suave debonair. <laughs> exactly. So in, in the show, like, there are masks and death scenes and good versus evil and graveyards. And it, it's outright spooky, but I think it all plays up Christine's purity and also, like, the undying love of the gallant Raoul and, like, who is good, who is bad. It, it's a whole, a whole commentary there. But yeah, so that's the two couples I have there. Fancy. Devin. <laughs> All right. So now that that's out of the way, we're going to pick our favorite of the <laughs> two, and we're going to argue as to why they are better than the others brought up today. So the question is, whose is the best? <laughs> well, who are you going to put forward is my question. Who's stepping oh. into the ring? I think I'm going to talk about Christine and Raul. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, leave Jane Eyre out of this. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I think it's obvious which one I'm putting into the ring. Uh, which Casper, one of course. You're choosing Casper? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh that guy's a boss. I'll say and it again. Antoinette, who are you choosing? I'm putting Rosemary and Guy. I think that's fair. I think we've expected that. You have yeah. that. You've had that kind of in the background this whole time. So, Antoinette, why do you think they are the best spooky couple? Or the spookiest couple? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think they're the spookiest couple because their entire relationship is impacted by a satanic cult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got us there. <laughs> so even just, and I mean, I don't mean to like get into theology. Do it. Is the anti-Mary, you know, whereas Mary needed, you know, we needed her, yes, to, you know, for her to give birth to Jesus Christ. Rosemary is... She has no no autonomy over the entire thing, so much so that she's raped and doesn't even remember it, co- you know, coherently. And just the fact that it's the literal Antichrist um, is very spooky. Mm-hmm. And their relationship not not even not only is their relationship spooky, but her offspring winds up being spooky. Yeah, <laughs> the, the creepy apartment building and the neighbors and the. You know, um, Dr. Saperstein, you don't really know what he's up to. He's kind of weird. She's eating raw meat. What are these vitamin shakes? Just the entire, <laughs> you know, and, and her isolation, right? So we're talking about the gothic, you know, uh, genre. Her isolation as a woman without anything. And she is surrounded by all these people, but she has internal isolation. And that internal isolation is a, a, a really big standing point with the gothic genre. And I, I just don't know how much spookier you can get than Satan Spawn. Very spooky. Very spooky. Very spooky. So I'm going to put forward Christine and Raul into the ring here. I think they undergo the test of literally being hunted down by the Phantom. And Christine, in her purity, learns to truly love the spookiest character by letting him go and setting him free. She shows him... Oh, what are you saying? <laughs> wah, wah, no, Devin, I, lo- I, love out of I love the Phantom. I can't help it. Okay. I love him. And so she chooses in the end, the man who's actually good for her, which is Raul. And I think yeah. that, you know, in this story, there is drama, there is chivalry, there are demonic forces and there's music. I think music, that, you know, <laughs> music. Yeah, I think the two of them are just one of the perfect Gothic romances that stands the test of time. And then I'm going to end with this. Phantom is the longest running Broadway show. So. You're not wrong. All right. I dropped the mic. You dropped it. <laughs> so as I already mentioned, um, I'm throwing Casper in. Um, I know it's like kind of like the most kiddiest of our couples today. <laughs> but it's darn right um, meaningful. And I don't care what you said. Um <laughs> I just think it's cool that he is selfless in the fact that he has this opportunity to become human again. Um, he, uh, his father created this machine to make him into a human. And instead of using that on himself, he decides to um, help Cat out. She already lost her mother when she was younger. So um, he's like, I know this is the right thing to do. I'm going to allow your your father to become human again. That way you can um, have your father to grow up with. Um, so I think that's awesome. He's selfless. Gotta love the guy. He's also just very sweet. Like he takes her on the um, 
uh, he takes her in the, the night sky flying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And, and just his line, like, can I keep you? Like, come on. That's so sweet. It's very sweet. But is it spoopy? Yes. <laughs> it's not spooky. Okay. I understand. <laughs> I get it. But it's still no. cute. <laughs> there are values to all and, of these. And romance. their love extends mortality. So that's pretty cool. Also cool. Also cool. That's spooky. That is spooky. <laughs> Very spooky. But if we're going based on spooky I understand. merits, I think Antoinette wins. <laughs> she definitely does. We brought the pro out and it was a poor, <laughs> it's a poor decision. <laughs> um, okay. So the last question is a little bit more generic and I just mm-hmm. kind of wanted to ask because I love this is like my favorite. Um, what is it about the spooky gothic stories that pair so well with the romantic tale? Okay, so I actually, I just want to preface this with saying that um, the gothic genre is probably my favorite genre. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. noticeable. <laughs> Frankenstein's one of my favorite books, and it was really hard not picking Frankenstein for this, but I was like, no, no, no. Oh, it's a good one, too. I love Frankenstein. I think the reason romance lends itself so well to the gothic genre is because for two things, I think, first of all, romance is sometimes inherently creepy. And I know that that is, you know, odd to say because it's supposed to be loving and sweet, but there is something very odd about undying love and devotion. Mm -hmm. You know, obsession is also in that realm and so is lust. And sometimes that could become creepy. Um, But even further than that, I think the connection between romance and the, you know, gothic genre has a lot to do with isolation. And I know I talked about that with Rosemary, but isolation is such a huge part of the gothic genre that lends itself to the sublime and, you know, all of these elements. And, you know, what, what couple doesn't want a weekend away, you know, a weekend by ourselves, but what happens on that weekend, (laughs) you know, Um, and the gothic genre, you know, you've read gothic books. So they're either like a spooky castle or, you know, you're on an isolated beach or, you know, you're in a cave, right? You're in the family opera, you're in his lair under the opera house. So all these very isolated places, you know, when you mix romance with this kind of isolation, it sometimes gets dark. You know, there's a darkness to romance. And I think that the Gothic genre highlights those dark elements of romance that are so often ignored by popular media because, you know, we have rom-coms and stuff, but you know, there's something creepy about a man who is willing to kill your fiance in a mask and take you to his lair. You know, and I'm not talking about the band of the opera now. That was actually a very good choice. It's very scary. It's creepy. So, there you go. <laughs> very creepy. Very, I love that. I, I never even thought about that. Like the commonality is isolation there. It's sort of like, why, why is that the human preoccupation is finding like an isolated spot? But it's also like this huge theme in, in the Gothic novel it's mm-hmm. a good that was a really good thing to bring up but Devin, what do you think so i think it's like the clashing of two unlike things that really draws the audience in um i mean like spooky scary elements and romance like shouldn't necessarily mix together and yet something about it sparks interest um it's the unusual and the strange and maybe they the idea that if they can fall in love then uh, has to be possible for me right <laughs> so i think that's that's another element but i i agree and when that brings up like the gothic genre is all focused on like the darker elements of human life um we have this beautiful romance but even romance has this 
darkness to it at times. So, and it's our, our obligation as a couple to kind of like weed away from that in our own being. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, what about you, Steph? No, I think, so I think I, both, I love what both of you said. I think what, what, what comes out of a Gothic romance, both sides of that coin deal with different sides of human passion. Um, you know, the Gothic kind of spooky nature of things, it frightens us and it brings us to excitement, the excitement of mystery and the dark side of our human nature. Um, and I don't know, this is different, but have you, have you guys heard, have you seen that political spectrum where liberal and conservative come together when they become extreme? I think that's similar to what happens when it comes to horror and the passion of romance, too. When each becomes extreme, I think you get kind of similar feeling and emotion out of um, really diving into those feelings. A little so, bit of Wuthering Heights there. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, Devin. Dang it. Um, but so sometimes the depth of, you know, that darkness mirrors the passion of, of human romance. And mm -hmm. these are two very extreme passions within humanity itself. But they also complement each other um, just naturally, like you said. It's sort of just something that we, we kind of are intrigued when we see a, a horror film that also has that romance there. Um, but mainly I was going to say we love it because it's hot, which I think is an important thing to bring up as well. There is something sexual in these horror films. I don't know what it is. Like that could be creepy to say, but that's innately part of it too. And I, but I think other than that, it has more to do with how closely darkness and light can connect to each other and, you know, how they can both emit strong emotions from people, whether that be love or hate. And that's always the dichotomy there. I mean, you can intermingle love and hate and portray um, that common struggle among human beings. And I think that that's powerful. That's where you get a powerful gothic romance story. Um, and like Devin said, you think of Wuthering Heights, you think of Dracula, you think the human passion and desire that, you know, could be nurtured to respect either of those values, whether it be light or dark. So that's why I think these tales kind of speak to us in general, because... It's just, I don't know, we're just drawn to it. I really like what you brought up about like, the sexual passion behind um, Gothic literature. And I think that that is very important to remember. You know, none of us had a problem coming up with couples to use. And, you know, couples, you know, there's passion in relationships, you know. So the fact that all of these films and movies and musicals somehow had couples, I don't think that that's a coincidence. I think that there is something also inherently naughty about passion, <laughs> you know? Um, even, and I know that horror and like, the gothic genre are a little bit different, but even in like traditional horror films, slasher films, there's always a girl without her top on, you yep. know? But there, there is some sort of sexual energy that is required. And maybe it's like the passion of sexuality, you know? It's a heightened thing. Fear is a heightened emotion. It drives your adrenaline. Yeah the sex so you know i think that that's a really important characteristic that you brought up that you know yeah passion of all of these different elements you know really goes well together so yeah i think fear and like I hate to say it as lust, but fear and lust sort of strike up the emotion to the same bar almost, which is an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why I think in this season, like you tend to see a lot more people reading books like Dracula, like Frankenstein, like Wuthering Heights, Jane Eyre in my case, because <laughs> these are the things that really pair well together. Um, and that's why I wanted to do this episode because I felt like, you know, we talk about all different kinds of couples, but there's just something 
like innate within romantic literature that sometimes is a little bit creepy. So spooky season round table. Here we go. (laughs) Love it. So who won? Who's next? (laughs) You let us know. Um, But for now, those are our top six spooky season couples. Thank you, Antoinette, for joining us for this super fun bonus episode. I loved your insight. You're just so wise about these kind of things. I, love I know. <laughs> so you. freaking wise. I'm glad that you joined us. Um, but yeah, so if you guys want to follow Antoinette on her blog where she writes equally fun stuff, follow her at AntoinetteCLopes.com. And okay, so it's just Antoinette and then C-E-A-L-O-P-E-S.com. So that is totally fun. If you enjoy the podcast, please let us know. Subscribe, rate, and review. We want to hear from you. And before we end, Antoinette, is there anything you wanted to add? I'm just really excited that it's spooky season. And I was very excited to be featured on your podcast today. So thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. And yes, as we draw near the end of season one, we are so excited to be announcing our season two theme and to be hearing more about your favorite ships. So email us at weshipitpodcast at gmail.com or find us on social media. Happy spooky season, y'all. Ah, too fun. Love you all. See you next time. You all are my booze.